0: hello everybody so glad to continue the conversation with you this week again we have another exciting guest which i'm sure everybody who's watching this knows or if you're new to star trek adventures you're going to end up knowing eventually um we're going to gush a lot today because we're really happy to have our guest before we go there i'm michael Desmuke. i'm a freelance uh writer for star trek adventures and of course a blogger on continuing missions which is the number one fan site for star trek adventures rpg and let me introduce our fantastic co-host
1: jim johnson hey everybody jim johnson i am the project manager and line editor for the star trek adventures rpg published by Modiphius Entertainment, and I'm super excited to be here tonight. I want to introduce our guest, B.C. Holmes. Please introduce yourself. Sure, I'm B.C. Holmes. I'm
2: currently the maintainer of the Star Trek Adventures character creator application. And I don't have numbers
0: to back this up, but maybe I'm the number two fan site for Star Trek Adventures, I don't know. You might be actually, if we're going to get technical, you might actually be the number one. I don't don't think so. I think people reference your site way more than continue. Oh, no.
2: You guys, you're big.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I see a lot of the pass-throughs. See, I see the (laughs) pass-through numbers. Plus, I think people bookmark you and go past us. So so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, and if you're on visual right now, I'm just going to go ahead and share screen so that you can go ahead and see what we're talking about. And I'm going to go ahead and gush for a moment. May I, BC? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so when this came out, most of you who are watching this know continuing missions where we post anything and everything from fans and creators about Star Trek Adventures. But we're going to talk today about how BC developed this, what inspired BC to do this. Um and Pushing buttons, I mean, I could push buttons on this all day. We even had an entire episode, Session Zero, with Scott Pearson, who is, of course, the huge editor for Simon & Schuster Star Trek books and for Modiphius, um, who created a character using this system. But the fact that BC designed it with the lcar's interface that you can press through and it incorporates everything so far, I think almost everything Modiphius has published in order to help you create your character, your starship, or even your space sector. So we're gonna get into this today. Uh, Jim, did you wanna add anything before we start interviewing and getting into the mind of BC?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know that we wanna go into a whole lot of detail, but I wanna make sure that we just shout out uh, uh, Christopher Lundberg, who was the first uh, person who who created the, the tool initially. And then just through a, a circle or not circle, but just through, uh, you know, life had to hand it off to someone else, look for someone else for a while. And I believe that if I remember the history, right, uh, BC picked it up and, and moved on from there. But I just want to make sure that we acknowledge that uh, Christopher was the first one who actually uh, was the fan who, who put the initial uh, the initial ah. thing together. Uh, I, I want to give credit to all the fans where fan, you know, credit is due. And uh, so I know we're standing on, on Christopher's shoulders and, you know, BC of course has taken a a light year, you know, ahead of where it was as you do. Um, But, uh, you know, props to Christopher for getting it kicked off.
0: Okay. BC, tell us that story. I don't want to miss anything. So go ahead. Tell us that story. So um, I think it was probably somewhere around 2018 or 2019. uh,
2: Christopher came out with the first version of the Star Trek uh, character creator. Um, And I, 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 I do think that Christopher is responsible for being for it being a first class tool. Like, I think he really laid excellent bones down there. I think that, you know, the majority of the features that are in the system, you know, I've poked and prodded and touched, et cetera. But the, the basics of it, you know, really go back to the work that he laid down. Um, and then at some point in 2020, uh Christopher was posting on the Modiphius forums and said that, you know, because life had changed, et cetera, uh, he had to pass it off to somebody else. And uh, there had been a handful of people um, who who responded and said, you know, I I have the skills, I'd be willing to help out, you know, et cetera. Um, and I think it was Mr. X forum uh, Modiphius forum user, Mr. X, who was the first person on the forum to say, well, why don't you open source this, like put it into a public repository and then anyone can contribute to it. And and, and surprisingly, very quickly, Christopher did do that. Um, it became put into a code repository that, that we techies talk about, uh, one called GitHub. Um, and then it took a period of time before anybody really tried to touch it. So I went in and looked at it a couple of times and and the big Uh, problem for me was that he had developed it using some windows specific tools and I just don't have a windows machine anymore. And so that became a thing that, you know, prevented me from touching it. But a period of about nine months happened between the time where he first put his code in an open place. And I first, you know, made a revision to the chip code that I could actually send to him. And so I think that if I look back in the history, there's something like March... Late March of 2021 is the first time I sent him code, and I said, "Hey, you know, here's a change I I think would make uh, would be interesting." Um, but by that point, Christopher had really run out of time to 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 contribute to it, and so I was making a bunch of changes relating to the Klingon book, which uh, had come out quite a bit earlier than than that, and which you know people were really clamoring for support. Um, but I kept contributing this stuff throughout March and june and july and it wasn't really going anywhere because christopher just didn't have the time to do anything with those changes that i was giving him um so finally we got to about september of 2021 uh at that point um people had been clamoring for so long for the ability to create klingon characters from the klingon book i just said okay let's create an let's let's load up my own version of this at the uh, at the sta.bchomes.org site. And so that's how that version of the code came into existence. And God, and yes. I, I didn't I don't ever want to try to usurp Christopher's contributions to that. So I, I'm always very careful to describe myself as the current maintainer. Christopher nice. was the creator of it and he did so many incredible things for it. Um,
0: yeah well it's a labor of love too I you know I'm gonna exactly. I'm gonna echo that because Many people don't know, but continuing missions started with Colin Wilson, who actually did Marvel plot points. Actually, uh, excuse me, Mark Meredith, who did Marvel plot points, who I worked with him on his site, Labor of Love. And then when Star Trek Adventures started, a few of us, like Colin Wilson and Tony Pye, took it in. And then now people will always say, oh, Michael's continuing missions. Like, no, I'm one of the collaborators. I may be a little bit more prolific, but I definitely didn't have the tech know how to ever set up anything like this. I just, know how to post a blog you know? <laughs> i feel you really DC. that's right? <laughs> right so let's talk a little bit about you though i want to get to know you and your star trek history tell us when sure. you first fell in love with star trek
2: sure so um i'm i'm really old uh and i was born when the first season of star trek the original series started to air so um when i was a kid like it it was constantly on reruns um you know, it was either that or lost in space, <laughs> and you know I have my preferences about which of those two I, I like the most. Um, uh, and uh, we were talking before the show began about how I grew up in a small city and on the border between uh, Canada and the U.S. And one of the one of the few TV stations that we got there was a was TV fifty from Detroit, and they regularly had Star Trek as in their rerun cycle. And so I would constantly like come home from school and I'd watch Star Trek and I'd love it, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> although I always, uh, resented the fact that there were certain episodes that they were very uncomfortable airing on a regular basis, like the Mark of Gideon that talks about birth control and things like that. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was a very weird time. So awesome. I, was a, I was a hardcore Trekkie growing up. And uh, by the time I was in high school, the movies were were coming out and The Wrath of Khan, et cetera. <laughs> and I Sick. guess I was in university when uh, the Star Trek Next Generation started.
0: So. I got into that as well. Fantastic. So now we get to ask you the question. We ask everyone, what's your favorite show?
2: Yeah, so that's a that's a hard question because I, I actually think I like different versions of Star Trek for different reasons. You know, I kind of feel like um, TNG is sort of my model of what, of what Star Trek is now. Like, I just, I feel like I've had enough time with that that the next generation just kind of feels like the archetypal star trek to me even though i've seen the original series longer um but you know there's incredible storytelling in deep space nine um and there's elements of voyager that i'm really quite fond of as well um so <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to say which one is my favorite i guess like I that's I think okay answer. My archetypal. <laughs>
0: okay okay that's a that's an okay answer like we we vacillate and honestly anybody who's been around walking watching star trek long enough you never know when a new series will take over. I'm I'm worried that Strange New World might usurp Voyager for me. <laughs>
1: I'm so panicking. But that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's it's a it's, uh, it's a different series for different reasons and different times, and uh, yeah, you know, it, it may it may become your favorite, but it's it's still so early, right? It's only ten episodes, and Voyager's been around for 179 episodes, something like that. Yeah. So I think uh, you can you can love them all differently. It's okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe who knows? Maybe I'll love the comic book better for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I've been having a, a thrill with IDW what they're doing with the series. Okay, so your favorite character then, can you give us a, yeah, a preferred character? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this uh, recently. I I am really
2: starting to fall in love with Rock Talk. Like, I just love her. I, <laughs> I think that she is really cool. You know, she's just, just uh, she's very clear what she wants. You know, I think that she's an interesting conception of a character. You know, I, I think that, you know, in the first episode of of Prodigy, where it's revealed that, you know, you think she's a big, scary rock monster, and you discover she's a little girl, and it's kind of like, <laughs> I just think, as a concept, that's a great character, so I, I really quite
0: love her. <laughs> I agree. I think you get the first, uh, uh continuing, con- or the second continuing conversation is no prize, because you picked a <laughs> animated character as your favorite character. I don't think we had that before, Jim, have we?
1: <laughs> Um... No, I don't think so. I think I I was trying to think if anybody had picked the character on Lower Decks. um, And I don't think anyone has. And then um, so no, I think this is the first time for Prodigy. Um, I I do like Rock Talk too. In fact, I've just been watching some of the recent episodes and and rewatching them. And uh, I I just like the empathy I have for her because like she had that whole episode where she was completely by herself for like, who knows how long of a time to where she taught herself all this science stuff, right? It's like, oh my gosh, like I, I try to imagine my seven-year-old doing that all by himself for, you know, decades or whatever. It's like, God, that's that's so lonely. It's so sad. And, I mean, it's great that, you know, she she learned things and, and moved on, but it's like, oh man, just that. And, and of course, it, the format of the show won't really allow us to go back and really examine that. Like I know if, that, if Rock Talk was a character on like Discovery, you know, we'd have several episodes where they would dive deep into that with the counselor and all that stuff and we're just not getting the opportunity, but what a great opportunity to uh, to get into chi- like child psychology and like, OK, how did that in- impact her? Like, you know, because they kind of, you know, admittedly, as much as I love the show, they kind of gloss over it to some extent. It's like, OK, here's where she was here, where she here's where she is. She had that traumatic moment and we're moving on. And it's like, oh, come on, let's let's get into that, that stuff. You know, but uh, that's what we would do in an RPG. Right. If, if Rock Talk was a player character, we would spend session after session after session on that no dice yeah. rolling just getting into the character you know um rpg elements of it but uh, no that's awesome that uh, rock talk is is the first uh, prodigy as far as i know um on the, on the show so uh, check that box
0: <laughs> you you make me want a rock talk plush doll to hug uh, it, has yeah. to be, it has to be half my body size just right. to hold that right. would be great someone better be making one of those no doubt cool. Very good. It's so nice to hear that, um, BC, get your background. Whenever anybody talks about their favorite show or shows or favorite character, you learn a little bit about them, which is why we ask that to everybody. Now, now getting into the thick of it, you know, today, I, I think this is compression. comparison. Today, just so you all know, I got in the mail this. I had ordered this it's in practically primo condition it was Very nice. made the same year i was it was made the same year i was born 1975 which has made me feel really interesting i don't know they make me feel bad or good just interesting um and i the reason why i think this is a great day that this arrived is because everyone i talked to about this book it changed those who read it um aaron Paulier is one of our science experts on the on the Uh, show, or whether it's Dayton Ward, who actually referred to it the other day when we did our last interview with them. Um, Technology and these kind of things make role-playing so much fun. Um, Those little details, whether it's a graph that has some sort of uh, techno babble or which I was amazed and I've never read this book before and I started today, Command Structure, where it details out command structure, which is very important, especially if you want to play like an Admiral level campaign, which Mm -hmm. we're strongly encouraging people to do. So then BC, uh, who who now has taken up uh, the Star Trek Adventures character creator, is adding an entirely new depth to people's abilities to get into this game. I'm going to actually give it to Jim first. Um, And the reason why is because... Were you expecting this to ever come to be? How do you feel about it? And let's frame it from that conversation there, this tool. And then we're going to head it over to BC and see if she can give us some cool, maybe tips, tricks, Easter eggs about using the site.
1: Okay. Boy, that's a lot. Uh, (laughs) I want to say I I can't remember when Christopher started putting that app together because I mean, it's been so long now. The game's been out for six and a half, seven years. I feel like the, the character app has always been there in some format. Um, it, it's hard for me to remember the, the way back to 2017 when we launched the game. I, I, I swear, I thought for sure we had the builder already in some format, like in, it, whether it was whether it was in a basic format or a, a beta format or something like that. I honestly don't remember. At this point, I, I would—I mean, I'd have to find like the Google Wayback Machine or something, just mm-hmm. to see if I can find an early version of it, or dig through my my mischievous emails. Because, like, of course, I started on the line as just a writer, and I wasn't as focused on the on the on the you know the social media swirl around the game. Although I was certainly starting to get plugged in because, like, you know, continuing mission was already there, and there was a subreddit, and there was some conversation happening online already. You know, and plus we had Shield of Tomorrow. Uh, doing the buzz. But I, I want to say, uh, Michael, I thought um I thought Eric mentioned that they used the character builder to build their characters, but maybe not. Maybe I, I don't think it could have possibly been in create in in in, in format during the playtest. It had to have come after the playtest, I think. We did I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah, we didn't
0: add it in continuing missions until I'm thinking a couple of years after we asked permission yeah. to add it to mm, okay. the site. Right, BC, do you recall any of that?
2: Um, I don't remember when it was added, but uh, one detail that stands out in my mind is uh, I happen to know that two nights ago I was playing in one of my regular Star Trek games um, and the GM mentioned to us afterwards that that was actually the fourth anniversary of our, our campaign. So the fourth mm-hmm. anniversary of our Session Zero. And I remember in our Session Zero, we actually created the characters using the, the original version of the character creator.
0: Wow. Um, so it's it has been there for at least four years. 2018. That sounds about right, and that's probably when we would have got it up on 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 the site.
1: Um, well, I mean, 2018. That would have been you know shortly after the game launched, right? Mm-hmm. We, we came out in September 17, and then the then the then that hit in 18. That makes sense. Um, but then you know, to the other part of your question, Michael, like what do I think about it? <laughs> I, I I can't think highly enough of it. You know, the fact that Christopher made this incredible thing just out of the love of the game and out of the love of Star Trek and and was able to make it so robust right even even you know as we had you know only a handful of supplements out and then he dutifully uh uh updated it every time a new supplement came out with all the new uh the new species and whatnot that we brought into it um and then and then of course bc took it to the next level and added so much more stuff like the klingons and the ships and just everything else that, all the enhancements that you made especially the little stuff that we probably don't even notice Cause like I know how programmers work and like you're always tinkering with it and you're always refining that code on the back end and like you're making a lot of adjustments and modifications to it that you know completely goes over everybody's head but you're doing it because you love it and uh and I don't think there are enough thank yous out there. I mean speaking as a project manager first of all like that tool is next to next to continuing mission that tool is, is so essential. Um you know because I like I think back to uh you know D and D when three point so 3.0 or 3.5, it came, came with that CD in the book, the character builder. Like that was such an important application for that game. Like to the point where like, I didn't, I don't think my group could have played that game if we didn't have some sort of digital tool helping us figure out all the feats and all the math and all, just all the stuff that was involved. And then, uh, you know, 4th edition had a, another character builder. And then of course now we've got d and um, I don't know what it's called, Beyond or something, that whole online thing. Like, I mean, I think in this day and age, especially because the... The younger generations of gamers are so technology focused if you don't have a you don't have an app or character builder or a dice roller or something that can supplement the game you're you're already behind the curve mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, i'm very aware that uh that a huge number of star trek adventures gamers reference that builder all the time and like i know i've got it on, on a bookmark I, i'm there all the time and like literally every single conversation i see whether it's the facebook group or the subreddit or discord Or, um, I mean, all of them, right? Just all of the forms, everything else. Everybody's talking about it, and there's always a constant reference to it. Uh, because so many new fans come into the game and say, Okay, how do I get started in this game? What do I buy? Like, how how do I even start? And, uh, you know, I'm not shy about it. I'll say, Look, you can buy, you know, the starter set, or you can buy the core book, or whatever. But, uh, if you want to get into the game, get the quick start and then log into the character app because it's free, all the character stuff is there. You know, get your feet wet, get into it. You know, I'm I'm the worst project manager because I I don't I don't I don't push people to buy the books. Right. It's like, you know what? Get the quick start. Get the character builder. You're off and running. If you're a player, you know, game master, maybe you should buy the core book or, or the or the rules digest or something. But uh, really, at this point, six years, six and a half years into it, like. Um, if you've got that character builder.
0: That's all you need. For I think game. they end up buying the books anyways, just because yeah. the qual- quality people want so to much great,
1: the quality. Yeah, there's so much great content in the books, but like because this game is so theater of the mind, or can be so theater of the mind, um, you know. All the all the essential bits are in that <laughs> in that builder, and Medicius is going to be mad at me for saying this, but uh, honestly, no. Well, uh, but
0: but you know, the fact of the matter is, the easier you make it for people to get through their session zero and character yeah. creation, the sooner they can get to playing the game. Mm. Um, which is why I find this tool. I mean, if I was to ask BC how many characters or starships have you generated just tinkering around, could you mm. even count? <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. I,
2: I guess I, I do have one counter argument which is that um i think i think the books the the modifius books are beautiful like i just think the artwork in there is so evocative that it really transports me into the setting and makes me want to live in that setting and tell stories in that setting and i i think that you know that's something that you know previous versions of star trek games just didn't quite give me and i i think that you know that's something that is wonderful about the Modiphius books, and I, I cannot claim to provide that in the character creator.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's the marrying of the different items that make the the whole world. We always say we have the best fans, you know, ever, the most friendly, cooperative, collaborative, supportive fans um, for it. So, so for UBC, when when if I was new to the Star Trek Adventures character creator. Um, what would be kind of your elevator pitch for it, and what are some things I should know to, to really get me into it and excited about using it and generating characters? Yeah, so I mean,
2: if you start off with a premise that you know you love Star Trek and you want to play in that world, then one of the fastest ways to uh, get, get kick-started into the world is to create yourself a basic Starfleet character. It, the, the creator will help you establish the background elements following, you know, the life path <laughs> rules options that will give you the the skeletal framework of your character that tells you things like, where did you start from? What did you specialize in? What are some of the career events that, you know, demarcated um, important elements of, or important background of your your character? And then you have something <laughs> that you can keep. You get a PDF out of the end of it and, and there you are. Like you've got a character that, you know, has already given you the start of imagining
0: what this whole character can be like. And I just think that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, did you, I don't know if you had a chance to watch our session zero with the Pearsons. My wife even was on it, Um, and Jim, um, and Al Spader too, he had joined that session zero. And, that whole experience we had just walking through the character creator by the end of it we were just riffing off we had we basically had our story and our plot right jim if you remember that yeah. session
1: yeah, we went, we, we went through that, that night and everybody built their characters and we were like, all right, let's go. Let's let's <laughs> run this game. Let's do it. Yeah, we, yeah. we had spent the whole night just riffing off each other and we had all these great character concepts together. And we had even gone into building the ship in a, in a future episode, but we still use the, the builder. And uh, we were like, OK, all the pieces are here. And like, you know, me and Al and Michael, we're all, you know, longtime GMs. Like we saw it, right? We saw all the, all the energy and the potential there. And we're like, yeah, we could start running this game next week. Let's do it. <laughs> and of course, you know, life and schedules got in the way and that's just where we are. But uh, I mean, that's, that's that's the power of a good tool, right? I mean, obviously we have to thank, you know, Nathan uh, Dowdell for, for creating that life path in the first place. I love life path systems. Um, I think that's one of the things I love the most about the last Unicorn Games version of Star Trek. Um, I know other games and other, other properties and other, other IPs use life paths too, but there's just something about Star Trek that I love. And I remember, like, uh, with my group back in the day, we would just, we would spend, like, if we weren't actively playing a campaign, we would just pull up the last Unicorn Games books, set up that life path, and we would just create characters. We would create crews of ships that would, we would never run just because we wanted, we loved that life path and we loved creating stories. I mean, we even got it down to a, I hate to say we got it down to a formula, but, like, we would we would, because we knew math, right, we could say, okay, we're going to set this game in 2365. And if all of our characters are a certain age, then we know they went to the academy at such and such a year, and they had these events at such and such a time. And using the life path, right, especially in the last unicorn's version, you could just add more career events based on how many years you were in the service, right, or in Starfleet. So it was like, oh, I need to roll another random event. Okay, oh, I did this thing, and it's like you just add it on and get a couple extra points or whatever for your character. And it was just fun, right? Like that was like a, it was like a, it was like a mini game within the game. Uh, even if we weren't going to actually run the show or run an episode or the, or the game or something, we still got to play characters and like have that little moment of creative Star Trekness that we were doing, and uh, that's translated directly into this into this app uh, because uh, I like I know I've had a couple groups uh, just we were like oh what kind of game should we run oh let's run an original series game okay let's make characters okay we so we made this whole crew of characters and we you know we didn't end up running the game but we still got to do that that creative experience so. Uh, you know, I know a lot of folks complain about um, not being able to find players or not being able to find Game Masters, but they get some joy out of just using the builder to create characters and then just imagining what they could do with it. So it's, it's really interesting.
0: And something, as you just spoke, I just completely forgot to ask BC this question before we get into some of the your favorite things on Star Trek Adventures, uh, character creator, your history with RPG. I didn't even ask you that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think that... Uh... I first started
2: playing Dungeons and Dragons in the early 80s. You know, that was in the, you know, Satanic Panic days, <laughs> the, the years of the Satanic Panic. Um, and then uh, got into uh, Traveler and Villains of Vigilantes. But uh, I, I started playing uh, FASA Star Trek very early on and uh, played that a lot. <laughs> um, and really, that's the version of uh, the of a Star Trek game that I played prior to. Star Trek adventures the most, you know, I, I did not get as much into the decipher of the last unicorn games versions of of, of them. I was a FASA player for a good long time, but now I'm firmly in the STA
0: camp. <laughs> oh, I got, I, I got asked ask why <laughs> like a FASA STA. Now we got to ask that question. You just opened up Pandora's box.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that uh I think the first few times I, I played it, I realized very quickly that it, it felt like I was in a Star Trek episode. And I think, for example, the mechanic of the game that uh, has characters helping each other out when they're trying to do things like that, that feels very much like what we see on, on the episodes. And like the episodes are structured that way because it's narratively useful to have more than one character talk to each other. But... But once you get, you know, the players are sitting there saying, OK, we got to solve what the alien gizmo is doing and, you know, I'll get in there and I'll try to use my ancient technologies focus and uh, uh, maybe the engineer can help me and we can like, you know, figure out what's going on with this over here. And and that just felt like true to the, the environment, et cetera. It was just it was great. <laughs>
0: That's nice. How many games do you play in? How many different uh, adventures <laughs> games? Yeah. So I'm currently in two
2: regular games. Okay. Uh, I had been in a very short lived third game uh, quite some time earlier, but that petered out relatively quickly. But, you know, one of them is is four years old at this point, And the other is like, you know, probably approaching two years at the moment.
0: OK, so the four year old one, what's the name of the ship and who's your character?
2: <laughs> yeah, so I play the captain. The ship is the USS Alan Turing. Um uh, my captain is Delton uh, and is one of these uh, and we're in the sort of uh, just immediately post um, Dominion War Shackleton Expanse exploration mm-hmm. uh, phase. And my captain is one of those captains that rarely leaves the ship. Um, mm-hmm. So I end up playing a lot of supporting characters when we go away off of, on, on uh on away missions, so that's always great fun too.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. You know, it's funny. I play in another one where I play the captain, and she doesn't want to leave the ship ever. I'm like, it's so comfortable up here. Why should I leave? It's not my job anyway. So, I said, that's funny. <laughs> and it's interesting because, like, the,
2: my my co players are like, you know, you know, we're okay if the captain comes on the away mission, but I could, but the enemy ship could like rematerialize in, in orbit anytime.
0: Like I, I need to be here in case there's an emergency. <laughs> That's funny. And the second game, what about that one?
2: Yeah. So the, my second game is the one that I'm a GM for, and it's a much more Deep Space Nine-like game. My players are on a space station. It is, you know, farther out in the Alpha Quadrant than... uh than um, Deep Space Nine is, um, and it, but otherwise it has a very similar setup of, of Deep Space Nine. They're they're there as a Federation presence, invited by a non-Federation world to help them, you know, help guide them through a process that hopefully will lead to that world joining the Federation.
0: Yeah, I never get tired of hearing all the universe of stories out there. It's like people think it could be boring. It's like no, if you really lived in the Federation. You would want to be knowing everything that's going on, and I just feel like we have this active universe exactly. of players. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Cool. All right, Jim, Any questions before I start asking about the ins and outs of of the character creator?
1: Um, I have questions, but I'm happy to wait. So uh, go ahead, jump into the uh, jump into the uh, into the nitty gritty. <laughs> Okay, now I'm in suspense.
0: All right, so so BC, I just want to know. Okay, again, I'm new. You talked about the overview elevator pitch. You know, for the Star Trek Adventures character creator, what are some things I should know that are in there? Maybe that I didn't pick up the first time.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, I, good question. So I mean, I think a lot of the items are discoverable, relatively easily discoverable. But you know, there are some features in there that I'm particularly chuffed about having created or having put in there um I'm, I'm sure most people have spotted it by now but I remember like the day I pushed the code I was kind of like I'm waiting for somebody to mention this and that was adding the little ship outlines to the individual starships <laughs> yeah. um I when I started doing that I was kind of like this is something I want I when you had uh, John Nguyen here um a while ago I think I think Jim oh. said there's something about fans who always just want to like you know Put their own little spin on things and 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 create and stuff in their own way and create their own you know sheets and what have you um, and like I related to that because like that's totally how I approach building stuff on the character creator. I'm kind of like this is what I wanted. <laughs> I'm at the point now where you know people know how to send me you know requests for things but a lot of what I put in for the longest time is just sort of like this is what I want to see in it you know and and one of the early things I really wanted to throw in there was like changing the outline of the ship that appears on the
0: on the uh, on the PDF forms that get outputted. <laughs> um, Definitely cool. Of course, I'm going to be like, add a Kittimer class when you have a chance. <laughs>
2: yeah, so, I mean, part of the the limitation there for me is like, I, I, I don't 3D model all of these things. So I, I, I usually start off with a 3D model of a ship that I acquire somewhere. Um, and then I like, you know, I, I set it up so it's in the various, you know, angles that you see on the sheets that come out and I, I trace them and outline them, etc. So some of the some of the ships that don't have an outline um, are just because I haven't been able to find a three D model of them to date.
1: <laughs> hmm. We may need to make a- up. <laughs> Jim's thinking what I'm thinking. We may need to- I was gonna say I uh, I know a guy. So if you uh, if you uh, if you wouldn't mind terribly, uh, BC, sending me a list of the ones that you're missing, I I think I might be able to help you. <laughs> I nice, suspect I know who you're thinking about at the moment. <laughs> but, I, <you> know, <laughs> what's funny,
0: though, what we're discovering, BC, and especially in the last six months that we've been interviewing people, I don't care who it is or what they're doing in the Star Trek universe. If they're into Star Trek adventures, they're just so collaborative. It blows my mind. Even Dayton Ward. I'm going to tell a quick uh, Dayton Ward story real quick. When we interviewed him, I think that was in last... It, it'll be a couple of weeks by the time this airs show. He had found out that someone had taken his novel *Agents of Influence* and reverse engineered it into a STA module, and I just put it out there. In fact, today, looking for the person because Dayton wanted to connect with them and just talk with them. So you have this New York Times bestselling author for 20 years, who, because of Star Trek Adventures, is more than happy to celebrate our fans. Who were I mean, that just blows my mind. So, so BC, when you say you need That's 3D awesome. models, I'm not going to make any promises. <laughs> but Jim knows people.
1: yeah yeah, that michael you 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 touched on that it just blows my mind i mean i've been i've been involved in the star trek stuff for a while now just thanks to those short stories i got published but like it it astounds me in a good way and i I guess i shouldn't have been surprised because it's star trek and star trek is family and it's all about collaborative and diversity and equity and all that stuff but like consistently when i'm on social media like from all the production people all the designers all the all the ship people, there's just so many people that are willing to help you out if you ask questions and you just, you show your love for the franchise and you show your respect for the franchise, especially the respect. Um, and you're like trying to do good by it and, and do try to, go, try to do good by the fans. It's amazing how many people will just bend over backwards to help you. And uh, like, I mean, I think uh, Star Trek Adventures is where it is now partly because I, I've been able to find those people right and, and foster great relationships. and uh, like collectively, we're all doing it, right. But it's just so cool to see everybody pull together. And I, I mean I know Michael, you talk about this all the time. We see the fans supporting each other on all the different uh, social medias and continuing mission and all that stuff. So I just I just love the fact that we have such a such a vibrant um, supportive community for this game. It's really cool yeah for sure all right b c so sorry for I, I digress, but <laughs> <No way. laughs> a,
0: a couple other things. I'm not, I, I know there's some favorite things I have on the site that I discovered lately, but what else do you have for us? What else? yeah, so um i i've it's taken me a while to completely
2: make this available, but i'm I'm now in a place where, like you can create main characters and supporting characters and and starships and create a view version of them that has a permanent URL that's associated with it. So if I create a character, there's like a little view button that appears at the very end of it. If I I click that button, it opens up in like a new tab and there's a URL that's associated with that tab that is, It's permanent, basically. It allows you to return to that character anytime that you want in the future. So, like, you can take that URL and you can mail that to your your GM or (laughs) you can't tweet them because they're very long or something like that. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I did not know that. But now that you have that, like, one of the next steps to this is to be able to say, okay, now I've got a permanent way of bookmarking my character I can change my character now, I can apply milestones, I can, you know, make revisions, I can give my character a promotion, et cetera. And that part doesn't exist yet, but like, that's the obvious
0: next step. I have Another a question. Particular. I have a question. Oh yeah, I'm sure. sure. Hold on. <laughs> I, I think very linearly. I'm sorry if you go too far out this. Be... So, yeah. So if I use that URL and I bookmark it, say, if, yeah. say for instance, if I have a manifest, a crew manifest, and I've decided yeah. to hyperlink to that, Yep. If in the future I want to change that character sheet, am I able to? Uh, at this exact moment in time,
2: you cannot. But okay. that is the next set of changes to do there. That's so we can deep. say, okay, now that I can go back to that character, it's a, it's a... It should be a simple exercise to say, now I want to start applying milestones. Now I want to start, you know, allowing me to change.
0: <laughs> I've I've had promotions happen with some of my my players, you know. <laughs> I'm adding one more wish list in there that I could <laughs> drop one of my STO picks into the little square. Yeah. The That's another feature I just <laughs> would love to add. It's just
2: I I don't want to take away from cool sites like uh like ST avatars. Uh, yeah, that that you know. <laughs> Um, there's that wonderful uh, um character art creator. Um, but uh, it never loads for me anymore, <laughs> sadly. But uh, I've always wanted to have something like that, maybe just with their heads or something like that, because I, I come from the generation of, of RPG years that you know the character sheet always had the little box where you could draw your character. And and for yes. me, like that's always something that should be on a character as you always say, yes. okay, I need, you know, the Pandorian, I need to see the. The antenna.
0: I... Well, someone's yeah. listening to this, and I have said that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go wish list because a lot of our wishes come true, which is really weird. <laughs> but sto has that character creator at the beginning, Star Trek Online. And if there was a marrying of this with that, there'd be cross-pollination of people playing <laughs> both games. I truly believe that. So Thomas. <laughs> 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 hmm. Yeah, hello, uh.
2: The only downside I would say to that is like, um, STO is wonderful, um, but doesn't always let you create all of the types of, uh, races that people might want to have, you know? Um, so I, I can easily see people wanting, I want to be this obscure race from this one episode, et cetera. And the species. Yeah. I think they, <laughs> yeah,
0: I've seen some people do some interesting modifications for the species to get them tweaked, yeah but, but you never know. It'll go. It, it's something that, you know, we're all used to something better than nothing. If we've been playing our, exactly. before there were even computers involved. So that's true. Okay, cool. That's good. Anything else? Um, that, that's cool. Yeah. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> I'll be playing with that tonight.
2: Yeah. So Again, this is starting to talk about like what the futures are. And so now that we have this idea of the the, the characters that can be remembered and bookmarked, um, I can imagine a few things that you may want to do with that. So one of those is like, you know, now I could use like that bookmark version of the character as my tracking thing. So I can say, hey, maybe I can just click it. Okay, I've lost this much stress. And, you know, I've used my point of determination and I've got these injuries, et cetera. And I can have that as a persistent thing, you know, that I can come back to, or you know, if I if I'm playing one night and then we have to stop and we have to pick it up the next night, I can remember this is what my what state my character was in, et cetera. And I've also wanted to be able to do supplementary types of of tools. So I have a GM, for example, who's still you know a very paper oriented guy, um, and. And like, so he prints out all of the character (laughs) things, all the character sheets, et cetera. But, you know, like he's constantly flipping around to things. So I've always wanted to have like summary sheets. So if I could be able to say, hey, you know, I want to create a summary of all of the NPCs in this particular scene. I can just start pasting all of the URLs together and say, okay, now let's create one sheet that has the high level summary of all of those six characters or 12 characters, or however many there are, and you know, just be able to run, <laughs> look down the list and see, you know, this is the order they're probably fighting in, and mm. uh, what have you,
0: stuff like that. Got it. Find applicable focuses, traits, exactly, or a way a weight, a team formation, exactly. <laughs> You'll have to call that first officer duty roster or something. Yeah, that's what it sounds <laughs> like. Very cool. Very cool. I'll mention one of the things that blew my mind that I noticed the other day when I was doing some character creation. And recently the PDFs have been adapted so that there's an option for two page PDF, which now will um, articulate the talents in detail. So that did before it was like, oh, I had to remember the talents or I went back and wrote them in myself. And that that I can't tell you how much of a time saver that is that now the option, even the one page vertical, uh, uh, lands, not landscape. Um, yeah, it's landscape. Oh, it's landscape. The one, now you have the one page landscape option with the talents listed. That is mind blowing. That must've happened just over the last couple of months. Right. I'm figuring. I can't quite remember when it first happened, but yeah, it was definitely something, again, a
2: lot of the things that go into the app are things that, you know, I personally find useful and, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I have, I have players uh, in my own campaign who, like, don't have a copy of the rule book and and will forget what what their talents actually do and and not necessarily remember to to bring those talents up. So having a version of the character sheet that has the talent description on it just helps them out so much, and, and I really like that.
0: <laughs> it's beautiful. You're you're improving it because you're playing it. That's awesome.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that's that's the. I mean, that's the key, right? I mean, it's it's one thing to build an app, but the fact that you're actively playing the game just makes it so much better because you're like, you're, you're in it, you know exactly what changes need to be made or that you want to make to make the, make it a better gaming experience, not just for yourself, but for your fellow players and your game master. And I mean, that's, that's, that's win-win right there. Right. So uh, um, I'll I'll just add that I've been spending uh, admittedly a lot of time um, using the, the sector of the system generator in the tool. And uh, I, I only just recently discovered that if you roll your cursor over the system name, a little pencil pops up, so you can actually change the, the registration or the the, the registry. Um, but what I can't find, and you know, this is not a, a tech call or anything, but I wish there was a way that I could export that that system generator generator as a PDF. I don't I don't see a, a way to do that. Uh, so I guess that's a request. If it's not, if, unless I'm missing it, I may just be missing it. It's um, on the backlog. Okay.
2: <laughs> Utopia Planitia required a lot of effort. And I diverted <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry about not, that. You just blew my mind. I did not know you could change the sector <laughs> names. That's yeah. yeah, not that awesome?
1: Changer. It's so sweet. I love
2: always... So if you go to an individual system, you decide you want to rename that system. Now, I also feel like there should be a pencil beside, like, an individual world. So rather than just being, you know... Delta four, you can actually have one world that's called whatever.
0: <laughs> can, can I ask when you copy the clipboard, does that just copy like a PNG file or what does that do?
2: No, it actually copies like uh, it creates a text version of all of the data for the system, the the sector, and all of the systems in the sector. Okay. So it ends up creating a large amount of, of data. <laughs> and that was basically a stopgap until I could get like the full PDF availability out there. So um, there is a little export to PDF, but at the moment it will only give you the sector and not the individual systems. And systems are usually much more interesting than the sector is.
0: But still, honestly, let me let me tell you what we hear a lot from oh, there on continuing missions. On continuing mission, they're constantly asking for battle grids. And I could totally see, because since you have this grid formation, that you could generate this into battle grids, mm. <laughs> especially for Roll20Play or Discord, where I play on Discord. Um, this is a really good feature i'm drooling okay you like it
2: again that was another <laughs> thing that this goes back to my my traveler days like i used to love the traveler supplements that that you know would often have like the little one page summary of of the system and there's usually a diagram of like the individual orbits and what the individual worlds were etc yeah and like that's just something the number of times I've needed to give that to a player is small, but like the joy I get out of, you know, having that is is high.
0: So <laughs> uh, yeah, we talk about graphics all the time. We, we in fact, talk in the Game Master's Guide about how you could just find, you know, random graphics or something like that, but it just changes everyone's perspective in a game when they see something. Uh, those visual learners and kinesthetic learners just bounce off of that, which is really cool. Jim, you're smiling, you're grinning. Did you discover something new? <laughs>
1: I I I discovered that uh yeah, just because we're talking and, and trust me, I'm I am paying attention, but uh, um I got I went into the uh into the sector builder and I, I don't know how I did this. I must have uh, let me let me try it again here. Uh next gen. Um I went to create a space sector and uh what I must have done is um I went straight to the notable systems. I didn't I didn't think to go push the back to sector button and go back to the actual sector list that had, oh, you know, I know what I was doing. I, I saw the um I saw the map on the top and I clicked on a planet in the map and it didn't even occur to me to scroll down to look at the list of planets underneath it. <laughs> so I was clicking on the planet. I was like, oh, this planet's really cool. I want to print off this, this sheet of information, but I can't. Um, but now I see it that I can go back to the sector and see the list of all of all the systems in the sector and print at least that view off, which is really cool. Because uh, I see that it comes up in the lcar's format. And uh, like, you know, you talk about player aids, like if I was at a game table or if I was in a, in a virtual tabletop, I, I could like share that PDF or share the printout with somebody. And it looks like it's on a pad, you know, it's all that stuff. And it's like, that's the stuff that I really wanted back in the eighties when we were doing homebrew Star Trek and we just didn't have the technology, right? We still had dot matrix printers and it just didn't, it didn't look right. We could hand draw the L cards, yeah. but it just, it just didn't have the same, the same look and feel. But now with the technology that we've got now, I mean, this is, this is mind-blowingly awesome. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, if I can find a way to help you <laughs> get to the point where we can print out those uh, those individual systems, all that great detail that you got in here for these systems, uh, with the luminosity and the spectral classes and the companion stars and the worlds and blah 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 blah. I mean, this is uh this is just there's just so much here, right? And it's just uh, super exciting that that's where we are now with technology and role playing games, uh, and not just Star Trek. I mean, every like it seems like every RPG now has a huge fan base that's super devoted to the game that creates tools like this and resources and apps and, uh, art and so much stuff. So like, uh, you know, the new generation of star Trek RPGers like enjoy the, the, the wealth of material that you have at your disposal now. Cause we didn't have this back in the eighties <laughs> and I wish, which we did, but you know, here we are and uh, we're taking advantage of it now. So this is cool. <laughs>
0: Can I ask you a question too, BC? When we're yeah. looking at the spectral classes or the designations for the worlds, does that correspond with what's in the science um, division book?
2: Yeah, so uh, um, I think a, a lot of the basic rules in there uh, start with the Shackleton Expanse. So I think the the sector generator button doesn't appear unless you've selected the the Shackleton Expanse book as one of your one of your sources, um, and okay. so a lot of the high level details, um, are just, you know, based on tables that exist at the back of the Shacklin expanse book. Um, and I have, I have a library to say, you know, you don't have to be in the Shacklin expanse to generate a sector. Like, I, th- <laughs> I think that makes <laughs> makes sense. Um, and then I've also like, you know, found math for like the other things and that I'm able to do. So this, the, the Shacklin expanse never really talked about things like hydrographic per. uh, uh, percentage or you know mass of a planet etc but you know rpgs exist in abundance and finding math for that is is a thing that can can actually happen and actually there was lots of conversations on on the modifius forums uh, there's a whole thread about you know how do you do this and who has great rules for that and what's what's the cream of the crop i think uh, user mr x again you know was one of the people who, who talked a lot
0: about hex hex mapping the this the shackleton expanse etc so now you have me intrigued once more, your educational background. Are you a scientist? Of some I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a mathematician. As, as oh, my background. I have a yeah. degree in pure math and theater arts. <laughs> Better, I should, combination. That's, that, that's called a Star Trek writer. That's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly what you're, you're lining up to be. Sorry, my table just literally, for some reason, just started raising up. I think got <laughs> oh, I think so it good. got as excited as I was <laughs> skating. <escape.
1: laughs> let me let me get it back in a position. That's, that's really too weird. funny. Okay, I'll go there. <laughs> nice. Exactly. That was yeah, if um, if I had given him free reign to do so, Aaron uh, Pollier would have gone into so much more detail. On the planets and everything else. And I was like, well, we gotta we gotta keep this down to five, six pages at, at best. Cause the, the Shackleton book it blew up over the course of its development to where it's you know 320 pages now. And I was like, Aaron, I really want to get like a five or six page um like high-level kind of like build your own sector kind of thing. And you know, BC, you 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 mentioned it that I really like my initial concept was. Um, a group could actually literally pull out hex paper and start building their own sectors one hex at a time as you're exploring, kind of a, kind of like a, a forbidden lands, or yeah, there's plenty of, plenty of other RPGs where you just kind of discover as you go, and as that fog of war lifts, you just you yeah. continue to build out the map, and that's kind of like the initial concept I had, and then of course it changed and morphed into what it is now, which is super cool. But like Aaron, uh, being the 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 scientist that he is, he like he could have gone. So far, he could have written a 300 page book just on the science of a, of building planets and, and moons and all that stuff. And I was like, we got to stop at a certain point <laughs> <laughs> because we I mean, I, I know there'd be fans who would eat it up. But like e- even with those six pages that are in Shackleton, there was a couple of places where when I was editing it, my eyes were starting to glaze over a little bit because I, I just don't have the science. Uh, background to to really understand all of it so i was like you know aaron is and i and i went back and forth with aaron multiple times i said is this draft is, is like is this right is this where it needs to be and he'd make a little tweak to it here and there and he'd make a little tweak here and there and be like but we could go into so much more detail i was like aaron we can't we just can't we can't do anymore so um i hear you i feel i feel the, the need to go even further but uh i'm, I'm yeah. gratified to hear that you were able to find additional resources to uh to add that extra level of, uh, of detail. Super cool.
2: Yeah. And I totally get
1: like, you know, there's a part of me,
2: I think I actively campaigned a couple of times on on the forums to say, you know, like I wish the science book would have like a whole section on, on planet generation. And uh, I've talked about that a few times. I just, because uh, for whatever reason, like I just really get immersed into, into, into that part of the game. Um, But I understand the tension, like the number of people who really care about that at the same level as I do, is probably vanishingly small. and, and, (laughs) It's not going to sell books, you know, like <laughs> at the end of the day, you want to produce the stuff that's going to sell the books, which is, I guess why I, I think that, you know, the character creator can be such a wonderful complement to, uh, Absolutely. to what's available in the books. It's like, you know, Hey, I can put in the stuff that I really care about and, and, and add this and hopefully it, you know, can be consumed in a way that, that other people that, other than me find useful. Um, and it doesn't, you know, contradict anything that's, in that's available in the books. It's just, you know, adds a little bit more. <laughs>
0: Okay. I'm understanding better why you like Star Trek Adventures because you can go there, but then you also have your theater arts background and you get to storytell <laughs> and narrate, which is totally, totally interesting. So and cool. like, to
2: go back to that conversation we were having earlier about playing the, the, the supporting characters, like that that's a thing I hadn't seen in any other game until I started playing Star Trek Adventures. But like it is something that you know my one game does in abundance because we're constantly like starting to look at, well, is it really a good idea to send this character into this situation? Like, shouldn't we have a, an astrophysicist or shouldn't we have, you know, a whatever? <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, when we do that like we're able to like immediately come up with a new character and infuse that character with some interesting you know personality quirks and and what have you i'm like you know my theater background just adores that
0: <laughs> that's so cool i'm gonna just want we could go on all night about details and details i, I got to talk about the talent section before um you know you'd have to create a character to look at the talents now you created a talents overview menu which Even blows my mind because it's searchable by keyword, which really makes life easy because there's so many talents now. I want to ask you, do you have a favorite talent? Do I have a favorite talent? Wow.
2: Well, I mean, there are talents that are the most versatile. (laughs) The cautious X (laughs) are are really versatile (laughs) talents. Um, uh, But is there one that I really like? Um, Some of the new ones that came out in the, the player's guide were really, quite interesting, like uh there's the one about um there's the there's that one talent I can't remember the name of it, but it's like if you and other members of your team all have this one talent, then you can like generate additional momentum, et cetera.
0: <clears throat> it's not collaboration. I just was looking at it the other day. I, know, <laughs> I know what you're talking about was it advisor was it the advisor one uh i don't I don't, I don't think know. so okay. I'm pretty sure advisor is something else, but uh I'd I have to. I should go back and look it up. Okay, I figured uh, if you looked at all these talents, you probably were like, wow, <laughs> you read through all of them. Yeah. Well, one of so uh when I create characters, like
2: I create a lot of characters when I when I build, when I uh when I develop the tool. Um and uh, for whatever reasons, I always loved the Andorians as the as a species. And so like almost all of them have the Ushantor. <laughs> like so that that's probably the talent I
0: have selected the most often. <laughs> Good. I never even asked you, Jim, if you had a favorite talent.
1: <sighs> uh, I I don't. It, probably because there, there are just so many, and um, I just love building characters with interesting quirks and personalities, and and I think the talents just tie right into that, uh, where um, you can. Like I, I know we've talked about this at length, Michael, where where you can like if you've got really cool values and really cool selection of talents and 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 focuses too like that's a whole character like that's your character right there you don't even have to it doesn't even matter what the attributes and disciplines are if you got cool focuses and cool values and and you pick some cool talents you got an awesome character right there um that being said though there and i don't remember all the titles because there's so many talents and and i have such a short memory and and you know the you know the, the the worst horrible thing is that i'm not actively in a game right now uh so so i'm a little bit that tiny bit distance removed, which I know is kind of hard to believe because I'm the, you know, I'm <laughs> steeped in Star Trek adventures every day. Um, but there was a there was a talent in the science book. Um, it, it was like, uh, what what is it like? bewildering bewildering conversation or something baffling like
0: that. baffling brief.
1: Baffling brief. Yeah. I, I just love the concept yeah. of that, where you, you get into a conversation with somebody and then you just start spouting technical babble and they're like, what? And they just get confused and they just kind of walk away. I was like, Oh, what a great character idea uh, to just uh, to be so steeped in it and just to use that to your advantage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, honestly, there's so many great talents um, that it, as a gamer, I could see, I could see creative interesting ways to use them in, in ways that the the book doesn't really write or, or you know, dictate. Um, and I just love I love I love taking that that little spin on things like, uh, you know, oh, here's what it says, but here's what it could do, because it doesn't say you can't do this and just mm-hmm. like 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 play at the edges of it and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, for I, those I'll, of you I'll on this, Michael,
0: you no, yeah, I was gonna say, for those of you who are just getting the Utopia Planesia in the mail, all those talents are in here too. the ship talents, too. So it's yeah. not just characters. But shit, so blowing our mind, BC, every time I open this up, I don't know how, how you keep up with with, with everything.
2: And, and again, in the interest of full disclosure, like Christopher created the first version of that Talents Overview. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I the, things like the keyword search are, are things that I added to it because I really wanted, <laughs> again, a lot of things happen because I I have a particular <laughs> vested interest
1: in something working a certain way. <laughs> Ease of use. Right? exactly use <laughs> the views yes no, like, exactly. Absolutely. so michael I'm, i can't let you get away uh, i, I got to know what's your what's your favorite talent um it's
0: man it's okay totally self serving because i wrote them <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's i
0: cheating come I on <laughs> okay well, okay well it's only it's only because the reason i'm only saying it is because when i figured out how powerful talents were One of my goals was to create talents that were singular to the person with the goal of encouraging players to understand you don't have to pick a talent from the book. You can use it as a framework, but Mm -hmm. you can even more distinct. So I'm going to pick two of them. The one that we discussed for seven of nine, collective memory. Mm -hmm. Um, I originally had called it assimilated species. And Erin said, nope, change it to collective memory, which we did in the update, Um, which which really she she needed that as a character. It wasn't a focus, it wasn't a trait, but that talent really was necessary. And all I did was borrow from um, the other trait that says, when you travel, you're so well traveled that you can pick any focus. That's all I did was readapt it for adapt for seven of nine. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other one was for Lorca Menagerie. That was totally pulled out of my butt. And that was just like (laughs) <laughs> For what we saw in the show, that lab was so scary. I didn't know where to put it, and I said, "Okay, it's going to be a talent." And so I specialized. And, and the point was to teach players get crazy. If you if you don't know where something fits, create a talent that's singular to your character, and then ha- ask your game master to write a story where you get to show off a little bit. Mm-hmm.
2: That's a feature that
1: should be in the in in the character creator, the ability to create a custom talent, (laughs) or or even just to um, just to be able to rename the talents, like right there within the within the app, right? Uh, I think that's that's something. um, I know it's in the core book, and I think a lot of fans miss that. uh, That Nathan specifically called out in the core book. Look, if, if this if this talent doesn't like the flavor text, if the if the title of the talent and the flavor text don't quite fit your character concept, change it. You know, change it just you know, whatever works right. Like, if uh, if Andorians have a different uh, you know, approach to things and you would call this talent something a little different, then go ahead and do it. And I think, um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of gamers by and large, uh, they look at the at the rule books as kind of the, the not not, yeah. holy, not holy writ, but like they, <laughs> they don't want to deviate from that. Uh, partly because like I'm sure they want to have a common language at the table, and if I'm calling you know, cautious, cautious but Michael's calling it, you know, Zbot. bot then, then we start talking in the game. It's like, what, what the hell is z <laughs> Oh, wait, that's cautious. But my character calls it Zbot because of blah, blah, blah. And here's my whole world building element to it, which I think would be cool. But you need that common frame of language. And uh, so I, I can see, I, I get that piece of it. But at the same time, like, I really want to push gamers to be more creative, like, like take what's in the book, but don't take what's in the book as gospel, like take it as your stepping stone and your starting point and make more cool stuff out uh, with, with what we've given you, you know, take these tools and bend them, mold them and do more cool stuff with it. And then tell us about it so that we can be inspired and put that more, more, even more cool stuff in the next book uh, so that we can you know continue to build on uh, on what we've got but you know we're we're only six years into it we got time
0: <laughs> so so bc talk to us as we start getting toward again i told you you know we, it was funny before we started even filming this i told bc i said you know we plan 30 minutes but we can go on for hours, <laughs> hours. So, yeah. so so bc as we get close to the end um talk to us a little bit about your wishes and future for star trek adventures uh, mm. we'd like to really hear hear that from you
2: yeah. So, I mean, uh, Star Trek adventures has filled a lot of my wishes, like, and, and ways that uh, I, I think are really surprising. Like, I think the the mission briefs have been a fantastic addition to, uh, to Star Trek adventures. Um, I think I might really love to see something else that has the same sort of vibe of the the shackles and Expanse. I, I think, um, I think one of the things I, I, I didn't love as much about FASA is that a lot of the supplements tend to be about, you know, and then you do this with the Klingons. And then you have this adventure with the Klingons. And, and, and I think one of the things I really love about the Expanse is that it felt like it captured that element of here's my ship and I'm going out to this world and nobody's been to this world. Nobody knows what these people are like and let's, let's meet them and let's see what, <laughs> what we're going to learn about that. I, I I so yeah I guess that that's probably the thing that I would love to see more of but Star Trek adventures has filled so many wonderful <laughs> gaps for me I okay. I I I I have difficulty come up with something except for maybe you know more things about space stations
0: <laughs> okay okay <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I know Jim has that infamous whiteboard, which one day I'll sneak in and take a picture of. He speaks about the whiteboard.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I have I have such limited space in my house. It's all virtual. It's all on my Scrivener. Like I got this. I love Scrivener as a as a writing aid, a writing tool, and it's got a great corkboard feature in it, and it's just got card after card after card in it. And you know, I'm gratified to say that you know, after six years, I've been able to check a lot of those bits off the list but you know as they continue to come out with new series and new episodes like i keep finding ways to put new cars on there and it's like a it's like a never-ending stream of stuff like yeah that's the advantage with the with star trek right is we've got a 56 year old property and there's so many comics and so many novels and so many video games there's just so much star trek out there that even after six years and well over a hundred products. We still have barely even scratched the surface of what's possible. And I think what I've really run into lately is is the fact that like there's so much stuff I would like to do, but like like uh, you know financially it doesn't make sense to do a lot of this stuff. Like I would love, I would love to do little PDF supplements for like all the novels, but like so many of them would sell like ten copies. Right. Like, so like, like creatively, I would be super gratified to have that, that huge stack of, of PDFs available, but like realistically as the, as the project manager, I have to look at that stupid pro profit and loss and, uh, and spreadsheet and go, I can't make it happen. I can't do it. There's not enough money. <laughs> there's, there's just no way to make the money work. Uh, so uh, we, we need to hurry up and get to that, uh, uh, post scarcity society where money doesn't matter. <laughs> so we can just create this stuff just for the hell of it, you know, just, just for the joy of it. Um, Anyway, exactly. I'm ready once I'll stop. Good. No, it's good.
0: <laughs> good. We're called continuing conversations. <laughs> yeah. <for no> reason. <laughs> good. Okay, well, let's get our get to our gratitude. Um, I think I I'll go and then BC, we're gonna let you do your gratitude and we'll have Jim close it out as we usually do. Um, and and even though I normally go brick and mortar, um, I'm gonna have to say that this year so far, especially during the closing year, we've had some amazing guests who have done a lot. Um without i'm going to say without a paycheck from from Modipius just as super fans to further the game which benefits us all um you know, thinking again about our conversation we had with um Eric Campbell and uh, uh Eliza Perlman, uh Eliza Pearlman. I said "Why I say Perlman, it's Perlman. Eliza. she's okay. not she's not Rita Perlman. <laughs> I was watching <laughs> cheers sorry that's my fault <laughs> um, sorry Eliza Eliza, yeah, Eliza. <laughs> Yeah um and and the the other contributors continue mission and of course BC why we had you today or John Wynn um who who uh, did the discord bot um big thank yous because the game would not be where it's at right now I know it makes my job so much easier as a GM as a forever GM um these tools are bookmarked on my desktop um or on my on my URL bar and and it's just such a big thank you so I appreciate the effort you put in we again we want to appreciate um, where it started. Also, um, uh, you said Chris, right? Hughes, Christopher, Christopher, Christopher at Lundberg, I think is the name. Oh, Christopher Lundberg? Yeah. So, you know, thank you, but again, BC for you picking up the torch and carrying on. You make life so much easier to get other people in the thank game. You. I constantly refer them to to um, the website. So, big thank you, BC, for that. Mm-hmm. All right, BC, what about you? What's your gratitude? Yeah, for?
2: sure. So, I mean, uh, in terms of people, obviously Christopher Lundberg is is a huge. Uh, sort of a huge uh, target of my gratitude. Um, I'd also point to a whole bunch of other people who have been contributing, you know, bug reports and feature requests, et cetera. You know, Felderberg, I have like, handle names for people, unfortunately Takeshi, uh, Mr. X, and any, anyone who's raised, you know, a, a bug or a feature report uh, about the, the app, I really appreciate them. And then in terms of uh, brick and mortar stores, um, I confess I have not uh, frequented them in a few years because I haven't really bought physical books in a few years. But uh, here in Toronto for many years, um, there's a there's a store called Harry Tarantula that I bought a, a large number of my
0: RPG things from. So those would be my items <laughs> nice. I'm scared of spiders. that have trouble going in there,
1: <laughs> but I'll go anyways. Okay. All right, Jim, take us out. Uh, well, I got to thank, uh, like I said earlier in the, in the, in the, in uh, the, in the show uh, Christopher for, for, for creating the initial, the initial build and maintaining it for at least two three years, however long, however long he was able to do that. And then, uh, you know, endless gratitude to UBC for taking, taking up the mantle, and carrying it forward and, and, and bringing in the new evolution, the, the next evolution of it. Cause you've added so much to it. Uh, for, like I, I wish I could find the old version and the new version and just put them next to each other and say, Holy cow, look at the changes that have happened over just just a couple of years now. In fact, so I think you said you picked it up in like late 2021 or, you know, 2020, 2021, and it's only been like a year and a half or something. And it's, it's such a quantum leap forward, you know, certain, and I'm certainly not taking anything away from what Christopher did, like we talked about earlier, but, uh, just, uh, it's such an amazing tool, and it's such a great gateway to help people get into the game. And uh, like, you can't put a value on that, right? There's just to, to give a to give a community a tool to make it easier for them to play the game. I mean, that's 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 gold. And uh, the fact that you have such a robust uh, network of people who are feeding you constant bug reports and enhancement requests mm-hmm. and changes and and feedback, like I see it on the especially on the uh, the official forums. I think that's where it's most active um Weirdly, which is it's interesting how how different social media formats to, you know orient toward different types of people, and the, the the folks on the the official forums really seem to be more technically inclined than some of the other social media, which is great. I, I just love it. Like they found their niche, and they and they loved and lived in that niche, which is great. Uh, so thanks, thanks to you, thanks to to Christopher, and thanks to that that whole cadre of people who are feeding you edit uh, uh, you know suggestions and, and bugs and all that stuff. So huge amounts of gratitude to that of course gratitude to the fans in general and uh because it is uh today it's uh, december what heck is today december 5th, 5th. um uh, uh within a couple of hours before we started this show uh we found out that uh, kirstie alley passed away so uh thanks to her for her life lived and for all the characters that she brought on uh, including savik uh there's certainly plenty of other characters you know she's on cheers and all that other stuff mm-hmm. so uh just uh, a life lived for her gratitude to her and, um, and uh, yeah, you. I think, I think that, that covers it for me. Uh, all right.
0: For those of you who don't realize either, just so you know, myself, BC, and Jim have talked a lot online and in social media forums. This is actually our first time all talking and meeting each other. So, BC, it was yeah. so, so nice to meet you. Finally awesome. Likewise. Although I feel like you guys are old friends because I see you all the time. I'm a big fan <laughs> of your stuff. Oh, I'm just so grateful nice. to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Great. Well, until next time, I-D-I-C.
1: Live long and prosper. Be safe, be well. Take care. We'll talk to you all soon.